What's up, boozerinos? I'm Erica. And I'm Hillary. And this is Cocktails and Capitalism. A blammo. A blammo. <laughs> <laughs> so Hillary found the cocktail for this week, and it is called the Coco Chanel. It is. <laughs> she's making this face over there like she's holding in a, a comment here. Because you like had no idea who Coco Chanel is, and now you're like, I mean, did I say her name right? Yeah. I'm uh, looking yeah, over, <laughs> looking over for approval from you. <laughs> you did good, girl. You did oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I have no, no fucking clue who Coco Chanel is, but Hillary just <laughs> opened my mind to uh, this this fashion icon. Yeah, she's high fashion. I would never in my life ever consider buying Chanel because that's just redonk. Like I have better ways to spend my money. Yeah, 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 yeah. But totally. she created this brand and was a huge moving force, just such a force to be reckoned <laughs> with in the fashion industry. And we have a delicious martini that coincides perfectly with our topic today. Totally. So it is made of three ounces of coconut vodka and one ounce of St. Germain. You put it in a shaker with ice and you shake it up and you strain it into a cocktail glass. Simple as that. And it's delicious. It is really fucking delicious. It is delicious. <laughs> yeah, the, the St. Germain elderflower taste plus the coconut taste is really good. Mm-hmm. I love coconut anything. Coconut ice cream, just everything. Like macaroons? Macaroons, yeah. No, they're so good. And they're gluten-free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I was actually going to do a different topic this week, but that is such a big topic that I wanted to press pause on that one and save that for a later week. And we had actually received a letter from a boozerino when I purchased some masks from Lauren. This girl, shout out to Lauren, you're shout a badass. <laughs> yeah, she makes these incredible masks that are all made with recycled materials, and they're really, really beautiful. Like I wanted a nice quality, kind of like a dressy mask that I could wear on nice occasions and things. Totally, you wanted a high fashion mask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> high recycled fashion. So yeah, yeah. girl. That's where it's at. Totally. (laughs) On her Instagram account. I want to say it's like made by Lauren B or something like that. That's exactly what it is. It's made by Lauren B. Made period by period Lauren period B. You can click on the link to her her shop and you can find all of these beautiful masks that she's sewn. And a lot of them have roses sewn onto the side of them. They're just really, really classy and striking. They're seriously gorgeous. Like it's kind of a shame that you can't literally see what we're talking about right now because her work is just so, so, so cool and unique. Um, But if you guys have a hard time finding her stuff, which shouldn't be like she's very easy to find on Instagram. But if you do, by any chance, we'll be promoting her. We'll be putting a ton of stuff on our Instagram so you, you can find her on our Instagram. So, and totally. you know where to find us. So, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Go support our girl Lauren. She's the shit. <laughs> I got a couple masks with flowers and other cool patterns, but then I also got one that was the death bat mask. It has like a <laughs> <laughs> so like rad. Bat wings with like a skull on it. <laughs> Yeah, really fucking cool. She's got the kind of style that I like. So anyway, she when she sent me the masks in the mail, she sent a well thought out and really beautiful letter. So I wanted to just kind of share that with you and also kind of use this as a model because we have been wanting to have people send in their stories about capitalism. 
just like we've been doing with all these different episodes, just going in depth about something that we care a lot about. So if there's a topic for you that resonates, you know, if you are into sewing masks, if you're into making some other craft and that shines light for you onto a specific industry that you want to bring into sharper focus for people, then write it into us and we'll see if it's going to be the right kind of fit for our show. But we would love to share a lot of your stories about capitalism with our audience. So... So yeah, I'm just going to uh, kind of dive into what she sent us. Do it. I loved it. Every bit. Yeah. She's so awesome. So she wrote, Hello, sis. I threw in another Valentiny mask for your co-host in solidarity for doing the work. I'm so excited to finally hear these subjects being discussed by normal ass people. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she calls us normal. We're so far from normal. <laughs> I mean, I think I get what she means, like, to her normal, you know? Totally, like, totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- that's kind of how I feel. We're not, like, just polished talk show hosts that... Yeah, right? <laughs> You're very far from that. <laughs> fucker. <laughs> You're a fucker. Perfect that's... example, Erica. Perfect example. <laughs> yeah, I guess case I don't point. hear a lot of folks on NPR calling their co-hosts fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> or um what did you call me last episode it, it cracked me i don't up. know i call you a lot Dumb of fuck. things oh oh that's so not nice i'm sorry no I, I i've laughed about that so many times since then i'm like okay <laughs> we're, we're good at roasting each other and then like yeah. grossly loving each other yeah. <laughs> such a good mix <laughs> totally it makes the roasting really palatable when we're loving on each other too i know totally <laughs> <laughs> So us normal ass bitches over here. Yeah, right. (laughs) So and then Lauren says, I didn't even know what a B Corp was. I make all the parts of my mask and I'm intimately familiar with textile processing on a small scale by experience. And I've always tried to educate myself on fashion industry practices. Y'all wondered how does fashion pollute? I love that. I love that she like, I know. jumped right in and was like, hey, I care about this shit. Have you ever yeah. heard about it? It's like, fuck yeah, girl. Give me the deets. Yeah, it's like a one paragraph contribute to what you're doing over there. But hey, I'm going to send all this information at you. Dude, <laughs> like, I loved it. I think that's so great. Yeah. When I first started reading this, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> so rad. <laughs> I took pictures of the letter, the handwritten letter, and sent them all over to Hillary because I was like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> so rad. <laughs> so um, y'all wondered how does fashion pollute? Fabric processing is difficult, gross, and happens in poor people's neighborhoods. Dye is a motherfucker. Every garment needs to be washed after each additive treatment. Washing doesn't just clean. It also agitates and pulls the fibers, in quotes, which flattens and strengthens the weave. Companies can use more naturally friendly detergent, but they don't. Standard laundry detergent is a pollutant on its own and in large quantities can be intensely damaging to the environment. All the dye, bleach, sizing, starch, all the evil shit I've never even heard of, all gets washed out into the water supply. Fibers also wash out and build up, causing physical barriers in waterways. Ask my bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) While reading that bit there, like, I really just wanted to, like, have a picture of her bathtub. I know! (laughs) I had, like, this, like, funny image of just, like, this super clogged brown water from all the colors of the dye. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Experience that I can uh, relate to. So, plus the trash alone produced by factories operating at a low health standard gets dumped into the environment where people live. 
Regulations in the best case scenario are far too slow to keep up with the damage being done. The environmental harms from detergent or dye may have been minuscule on a 1970s or 80s manufacturing scale, but imagine how these small problems have so vastly expanded to fast fashion production levels. Fast fashion is kind of the key term here that, that we're going to Fast be... fashion is a huge key term. So yeah. after she brought this topic to our attention, I did a little research just because I was so fascinated. I was like, wait, this is a huge problem that we actually like yeah. haven't really thought too much about. Uh-huh. Um, so fast fashion uh, really kind of started in like the 90s and early 2000s. And it was like really, really, really shoved forward and exploded with like your H&Ms and your Forever 21s and all of those kind of stores. And it Literally, they're just pumping out new items of clothing every single day so that you can shop every single day and get a new look every totally. single day, which means that like it started this disgusting idea that you like you could never be seen wearing the same item of clothing yep. again, which is so weird and just so unnatural and not okay. And so you're just pumping through all of these clothes that just like they barely even see a hanger in your closet because they're worn and then thrown in the garbage. Yeah. And it's just horrible. So our yeah. land fools are bursting at the seams with all of these like plastic and awful material fucking throwaway clothes. We read deeply into this topic after she sent this to us so that we could kind of fact check and make sure that a lot of what she was saying was on point, which it fucking was. Yeah, every every ounce. Yeah. But because it's such a huge topic, we're definitely going to dive much more deeply into it in a future yeah. episode. So this is kind of a little preview but also like a really good introduction to the topic. So more so like a thank you to Lauren. Like and that yeah, took that a too. lot of time and a lot of effort. And like yeah. for someone to be that vulnerable to share their heart and their work like that, like fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you, Lauren. Like that was a big deal. And I just want to say I appreciate you. I We appreciate you. Yeah, and totally. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Cheers yeah. to you, Lauren. Cheers to you. <laughs> <laughs> Clink. Clink. <laughs> I can't wait to actually like record in person someday. Or I know. That'll then be our so clinks won't be clink. <laughs> It'll be real. I feel like it's going to get real, real silly. Oh, God. <laughs> People will uh, see a whole new cocktails and capitalism. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's going to be great. good. Back to the letter. Yes. Uh huh. I, the last thing I said was, imagine how those small problems have so vastly expanded to fast fashion production levels. I don't think humans have the capacity to even imagine how big and how intersectional the problem we've already made is. Very true. Hugely true. Yeah. So before becoming cloth, natural fiber crops require massive amounts of fresh water and pesticides. Also Earth's surface area to grow. Farmers have to specialize to survive, which creates a monoculture one type of plant crop, as as you've covered in, in your sustainable agriculture episode. Yeah, totally. Um, I like returning to these facts. It's cool. <laughs> uh-huh. I know. I loved that. I was like, uh-huh. Yep. Ingraining the stuff in our brains. <laughs> <laughs> so a lack of biodiversity strips the soil of nutrients and allows pests to specialize as well. Send in the artificial plant food and pesticides. And you have to deal with that crap. So rather than encouraging biodiversity, rotating crops or growing native species, which can make the environment stronger and healthier, farmers are forced to set aside traditional cooperative systems and they're replaced with colonizer methods, which produce immediate results at any cost to the environment. Cheapest is best, obviously. That's definitely a recurring theme in our our work. (laughs) Yep. Such a freaking bummer. Yeah. Saving a buck and costing a lot of other fucking damaging consequences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And this is this is a great topic to kind of show how that is so fucking true. Yes. But, so 
Um, synthetic fibers are usually some form of petroleum base, so environmental byproducts similar to gasoline, mm-hmm. which was pretty crazy and surprising to me. I didn't realize that so many clothing items were made of petroleum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like I polyester stuff. I love polyester because I react to certain materials uh-huh. and I don't with, with polyester, but that's made of fucking petroleum. Like what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, fossil fuel mining is awful for the planet and fatally toxic for living beings. So if incinerators are used to reduce the volume of waste, synthetics, or clothing in the landfill, chemicals in the fibers are released into the air. And that is oftentimes what happens because there's all this like dead stock or overstock of clothing items, overproduction of clothing, and then it's just burned. Dude, that was something that I had no idea that was going on. That's so horrifically fucked up. Like, oh, like this shirt didn't sell because this other shirt that we made at the same time was more popular. Well, like these five pallets of several boxes of shirts is now just going to get burned because it's no longer going to make us any money. So just get rid of it. What? Were you kidding me? And because they don't want it to bring down the value of the items that they're selling. So if they were to give it away, it would compete with the profits. It's fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah. It's so wild to me. I I just. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many better ways to deal with that. But that's a complicated issue. I mean, we've been sending recycled garments or used clothing over to other countries, but now they're not able to take it and process them. And it's just trash and becomes more trash in landfills for them. Yeah. So it's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Yeah. So, okay, so leather and fur is also a huge crisis, she says. Treatment of animal skin requires a lot of ammonia, which should be disposed of properly, but very often gets dumped into waterways. She says that she uses bleach and dye. Quote, what I can do in my kitchen is save the dye baths with natural amendments to stave off bacterial growth. So instead of just... I thought that was so smart. Yeah, yeah, totally. She's so smart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She says, I'm also acutely aware of my water usage and always finding ways to conserve in the rinsing process. I already save environmental impacts by using exclusively secondhand materials. I put every scrap of fabric to work for me, down to the little fluffy bits I use to fill out my plant pots. (laughs) I love that. That was so great. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That warms my heart. Totally. She says the seasonal trendy nature of fashion is a huge, virtually unavoidable contributor to waste. Other industry products may have an expiration date, but I can't think of any industry on a global scale that is predicated on such a fickle and whim-based sales model. Girl, that's so true. It's so very true. It's wild. The fashion industry should have never been allowed to generate such high volumes of product designed to be thrown away. I couldn't agree with that more. I I just, I'm so infuriated by the idea of just like wearing something once and throwing it away. That just is insane. And because a lot of the time they're looking for the cheapest way to produce these items, they are just disposable. They break after, you know, you get holes in them after a couple uses. So then you have to throw right. them away. And it's just right. just more of that fucking throwaway culture. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. It's so just, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I hate it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so all people are manipulated by fashion marketing. We all know our self-worth is under constant fire in the name of consumption. So fucking true. Mm -hmm. And then overwhelmingly women are exploited at every link in the supply chain. Human rights abuses are the most visible and most research issue in fashion production. I don't think the collective misery of fashion retail should be ignored. 
people, mostly women, are desensitized to their jobs being shitty, being miserable and pointless. And then I've also read that a lot of the women that work in sweatshops, I think there was like a 30% of them are getting hit, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. they're, or, you know, locked in, they can't use, they can't get bathroom breaks, they barely make enough to even feed themselves. It is just total exploitation. Yeah. 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 Another less discussed banality imposed on fashion workers is that factory workers are highly skilled. So I thought that was important to bring up because we talk about them like they're unskilled workers, like yeah. they're just disposable cogs in this machine. But like they're it's actually like, have doing. Have you ever tried to sew a, a pair of slacks together? Have you yeah. ever tried to like <laughs> knit a sweater? Yeah, it is <laughs> fucking complicated. It's really hard, and it takes a <laughs> lot of skill. Yeah, totally. And, and also, you have to do it fucking perfectly, or you're fucking fired. So <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, how awful. Ugh. Yeah. And then your hands hurt. Yeah, you got purple. And you're back and... from being hunched over. On, like, in front of a sewing machine all day like all day yeah and your kids are hungry because you've been working all day and you don't get to be with them and yeah just sad so there's another really odd issue i wish i had more evidence of or data about i know there's a story to be told there is dead stock clothing languishing in abandoned or overstocked warehouses all over the world this high volume low value product is so easy to lose track of we have no clue how much brand new, useful, recyclable, or rotting clothing in need of responsible disposal is just sitting out there. That blew my mind. I was like, okay, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that she is someone that goes to these places and she knows about, you know, she's constantly searching for these deals. Mm -hmm. Uh, She says, I've had a wide spectrum of experience in vintage collection and sorting warehouses. I've also witnessed and experienced the pre and post eBay impact on thrift stores and resale. Some good news. I am very encouraged because I know there are a quickly growing contingent of people out there uncovering vintage treasures and making them available to the public, just like her. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Even though she's kind of remaking it, she's taking some vintage treasures and quality fabrics and making them into another quality product. Yeah, no matter how you reuse that product, it's being reused. That's great. It's not in a landfill. It's not being replaced by something that was just produced yesterday and it's going to be thrown away tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She says, I've had the opposite really depressing experience with dead stock in warehouses. People who manage property professionally often acquire buildings and their content when it comes to industrial spaces. Landlords see a warehouse full of merchandise in two ways, waste and a burden to be disposed of as cheaply and quickly as possible, or little pots of gold they can sell to people at equivalent retail value. The cheap and quick burden means so much brand new clothing has gone to the landfill. Landlords I've encountered holding warehouse sales can expect a box of t-shirts to sell for $10 each because that is what the equivalent sells for at Walmart. I love a good barter, and I'm always surprised at how unreasonable landlords and property managers are. The amount of work that goes into marketing clothes is what really generates its value. Like I said, there are folks doing great work salvaging abandoned stock. Just backing up really quickly here. So that, that thing about the marketing creates its value... I was shocked to learn looking into this topic that a clothing item that goes for $10 or something, the labor costs that went into producing that will be like 20 cents. Yep. There's nothing going to people, you know? It's awful. It's It's, so crazy. It shocked me so much that that was the case. Like, I can't believe that. Another thing I learned that was really wild is like, you know, you're going to have fabric purchased in one country, sent to another country for (laughs) processing, sent back to either that 
previous country or just to another country for yeah. another processing and then sent back to another country for <laughs> manufacturing. And it's just like, damn, our fucking $10 crappy ass shirt is like more well-traveled than we are. <laughs> like, this is crazy. And the carbon emissions there are phenomenal. They're insane. Huge. Absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. The CO2 yeah. and carbon emissions, just so bad. Details we're going to be diving into more when we release like the Humongo episode on this one. Yeah, totally. It's just going to be fun to tackle with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she says, like I said, there are folks doing great work salvaging abandoned stock. However, the frequency at which I, a person who rarely interacts with wholesale stock, have encountered really strange and unreasonable warehouse sales is more than to be expected. Imagine we suspended all fashion manufacturing for one year. All that dead stock sitting around turns into an actual gold mine, not just a perceived one. The manufacturing and production would adapt so quickly to recycling and refashioning, it would make our collective heads spin. I seriously loved that idea. If we could somehow magically get literally every single piece of our system all on the same page and like every ounce of production stopped for a year. Yeah. Okay. So like, do you remember seeing those images at the very beginning of the COVID pandemic when like everyone shut down and like they showed these images of the sky of what it looked like, you know, in February oh, yeah, and yeah, in yeah. March. In yeah. February, it was like a smog fest. And then in March, it was like these clear skies. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we would see that on like a grander scale if we shut down all of this manufacturing for a year. Like yeah. we would have just like our, our planet Earth would probably just like collectively like give us this like giant hug of like, hey, thanks fucking <laughs> pumping all of that crap into my land and my air for 365 days let's continue <laughs> like, dude seriously yeah just like I, that's a really good parallel to draw and, and makes me think of the dolphins that people saw in venice swimming around and the mm-hmm. clear water that they had like mm-hmm. yeah if we could just halt global production that is destructive that could really be a solution but the the pressure is to keep producing and keep churning out products is just yeah. so huge so yeah. yeah I wish I love this idea though I really and then she she says granted I'm the person who's been imagining how fantastic it would be if they all just stopped making cars for just one year since I was eight or nine years old <laughs> so cute <laughs> you little weirdo <laughs> and it's so adorable <laughs> but like you're thinking about solving problems when you're eight or nine I love that Fuck I know. yeah. I was worried, really, really fucking worried at that age, too, about these kinds of issues and how they're going to affect us. So uh, she says, and um, I've written an essay on fashion industry waste to a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, totally. (laughs) She says, I hope any of it has been helpful. I hope also this is only as weird to receive as it is to realize I've just written pages. Keep up the good work, sister comrade. Be safe and take care. I love that so much. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> Thank you so fucking much, Lauren. That was really an honor to receive this this letter from you and to have our minds opened by you, like really on, on a topic that we, we started to kind of get a little bit aware of, but we had no idea the enormity and the dimension of it is just, yeah, mind-blowing. Really, truly mind-blowing. But we will get back to this topic in a future episode and we'll give you a lot more of the facts on impacts on the environment and impacts on human rights and laborers around the planet. So, but yeah, we just wanted to share this with you and just show this is such a great example of 
something that we would love for other people to be able to do, just sending us their stories and their insights into this capitalist world that we're living in. Yeah, totally. And feel free to do so. I think that Lauren kind of felt a little weird doing so. Like, a, at least that's what she kind of yeah. alluded to at the end of her <laughs> at the end of her letter. Like, oh, I just realized that I did that. It's not weird. I think it's yeah. great. I think it's so fantastic. Like, share your shit, guys. It's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. I encourage it. And, and I love the idea that this is like a collective effort to educate each other. This isn't yeah. just like Hillary and Erica telling you guys what's up and doing the research. It's like we're all pulling together to understand the problems and offer solutions and to really just support each other through that learning process. So yeah, it's neat. It's cool. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Boozerinos, send us in your, your stories about capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> And I, uh, I think that's all we had for this week, then. I think we're done, though. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. And oh, and if you do have a story, send it to our email address, cocktailsandcapitalism, spelled out, at gmail.com. And you can also uh, always message us on Instagram or yeah, reach out to us there. Any and all is welcome. Yeah. And uh, I keep f- forgetting to plug Patreon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you like our shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you like the work that we're doing, we would love to have you join our Patreon club to support giving small monthly donations that kind of help to chip away at some of the costs that we have, that we, we take on in, in taking on this project and help to compensate us for a lot of our time because we pour insane amounts of time into this. So, And we appreciate you guys so fucking much. Thanks for being there for us, and thanks for tuning in. You guys are amazing. All righty. That's it for today. <laughs> we did it. All right, guys. We did it. <laughs> Love, Love you, guys. Hasta luego. go. it once? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I almost forgot. Oh. There's. 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 No. No. Well. Well. But life. <laughs> but life. <laughs> okay, that was good enough. Okay, that was really good. <laughs> high five. High five. Donk. <laughs> Just donk her Our through high the fives would be donk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just forehead slaps. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Uh, bye. Bye. Bye.